Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. What is up, everyone? It's Dave Mormon here at Home Service Business Coach. We've got a special episode coming your way today. I've got my main man, Alistair Day from Nice Job. Alistair, how are things on this fine Thursday today? Things are good, Dave. Things are good. Excited to be here. First time on the podcast. So yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. First, probably not the last. We were just riffing off camera. Alistair has given me his top sushi recommendations in the city. So uh, I'm excited for that. And uh, we turned on the recording because I wanted to bring him on uh, and have a bit of a chit chat around uh, reviews and referrals. And I'll give like my two cents, but I really want the audience here to learn um, who Alistair is, learn about Nice Job and learn about what benefits um, there could potentially be for your business. So there'll be lots of, lots of gold nuggets in this. So Alistair, why don't you go ahead, man, tell us uh, a little bit about you, who you are and how you got into this space, man. Cause I'm very curious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good question. There's lots to unpack, but I'll try and um, I'll try and slim it down a bit. Um, so accents a bit of a giveaway, but originally from, from the UK, from England, I've been, in Canada now for just over three years, arrived in, in what was it now, February 2020. So different conversation, but interesting time to arrive. Um, I've been with Nice Job for approaching about two and a half, approaching three years now. Um, originally joined as part of the customer success team. So really the front line in terms of helping with um, our existing users, helping, you know, solve inquiries, how people can maximize their accounts. Um, I then moved into the convert side of things and that's our website product. Some of your audience might be familiar, um, basically really high converting websites that we design also for home service businesses alongside helping them with reviews. Um, and now I find myself in the partnerships team. So I'm the partnerships marketing specialist. So really focusing on our event presence, our event strategy. So trying to get out there, see as many people as possible, working with our partners such as Jobber, I'm sure your audience would be familiar with. Um, and uh, yeah, amongst the other things, but mainly working in the partner sphere, um, mm -hmm. helping our partners, audiences and communities kind of be better educated around the systems they could have in place when it comes to, as you said, reviews and referrals and lots of other things around that, to be honest with you. Very cool, man. So you literally came to Canada like a month before COVID, like locked the country down, hey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a challenging time. Uh, lucky, luckily, I already had a bit of a support network here. Um, I, I knew a few people here, so I'm sure a lot of people had it more challenging than myself. So still grateful, but yeah, definitely not, not the kind of springboard you're looking for when you start in a new place, but I grounded out, um, you know, found, found the company, which is a, a, a huge pillar for, for kind of getting settled in any place. So yeah, very grateful to, to the friends I've got here and, and the, and the job I've, I've kind of managed to yeah. Land. Very cool. Very cool. So you came to Canada without having this job set up and you, you got to Canada, you got uh, in touch with nice job. I guess that worked good because you guys are based in Vancouver as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I got in touch with nice job when they were, um, you know, I suppose still a couple of years in, but still very much a small, a small startup business. So, um, 
yeah, it was it was a really cool experience for me to see that stage that stage we were at and how we've grown now and and obviously you know things are happening now in terms of different opportunities and and us kind of breaking into different markets. So yeah, it, it was a really interesting time to join and kind of see where where it's got to now. So yeah. pretty invaluable experience for myself. Yeah. Yeah, man. So cool. Um, for us, we got our first maybe 200 or so reviews, um, without using nice job. And we would like just text out our clients, a, a link where they could go direct to our Google, my business. And like that worked for like a couple hundred times, but as our company started to grow, it wasn't like the most scalable process. And so, um, we're now over 400 reviews and we've only been on nice job for like two seasons, maybe. So it's like, really like helped us double our reviews with like less effort, um, which is great to see. Yeah. So um, can you maybe tell us a bit about nice job in a nutshell? And then um, maybe I'll give some two cents on like how we've ninja hack to kind of set it up on, on our end. Cause I'm just a, I'm a huge believer in that software needs to be essential for a business, not a nice to have. And I think like for us, we've got our jobber, we've got our nice job and we've got Slack. Like those are like our like trifecta. So tell us a bit like what the heck nice job is if someone's like totally cold and doesn't know. Yeah. So right, right from the, right from the top, um, essentially nice job is a reputation marketing software. Um, and I know that's a bit of a, a strange, um, strange term for some to hear, like what is reputation marketing, but really what it boils down to is we, we use software to actually create automated campaigns and manual if you prefer it that way. But the essence of it really is is about asking is about asking your customers for reviews so many reviews and i've seen it firsthand um with really small businesses so many reviews get missed just by simply not asking so that's really the first part of it is asking and using software to actually pinpoint the exact right peak of the moment to ask to really increase the chances of that review request converting into a review the second part is really what can be done with that review after it's been received so again same uh, principle in terms of automating a system that will then kind of maximize the visibility that someone has on that review. So that involves things like using nice job software to push it out to your website, to your social media platforms, essentially making sure you're capturing reviews at the peak moment to, to make sure that you get them instead of them going missed. And then making sure that as many potential customers in your local areas, seeing those reviews and the mm -hmm. best reviews at that, um, to increase the chances of turning, you know, website traffic into a lead. Um, or, you know, I, we'll dive into this later on, but are you trying to hire employees, making sure that you get reviews so that your employees are seeing, oh, look, the work that these people are doing is actually valued and, and it's being reflected in the company's reviews. So you can use reviews for so much more. It doesn't just have to really be the end of the line. It's, it's once you've got it, there's so many different avenues to go down. And like you said, it's a really good point. There's a certain point as to when you're growing a business where you can do it manually. And it works but if you really want to take your business to the next level you've got to focus on other areas so having a system in place to actually just take care of it for you in the background yeah. it, it's a complete game changer and we've seen it firsthand so many times yeah man it's amazing do you find um i guess i'll ask first you mentioned the peak moment does that vary on job to job or is there generally because you guys see a lot of data on this like is there generally an ideal time to be asking through the process or, or do you guys see variants on that? How does that kind of uh, look like? Yeah. So you want to be asking um, within a two week period of once the job's been closed. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously this will start to vary based on industries and processes. I know some people, it might be um, 
you know, the more appropriate time is once the invoice has been paid or when the actual job's been completed on site. So that that's something that you need to work out in your own business, but that can then be can then be tailored in the software to fit your business. Um, but the way that we found it out through data is over that two week period, you don't want to just ask once you want to get a request in very soon. So which is why we, we always recommend and, and our software's built in that initial SMS message goes out. And over the course of the two weeks, spacings of about two to three days, um, you have follow-up emails. Um, now, it's really important that these emails and SMS messages are worded differently. Otherwise, it's going to come across as very spammy and it's going to get very annoying mm-hmm. um, from a customer's point of view. So they're, they're strategically worded in a way that each one is fresh, unique. The final email as well over that two-week period is really the, the kind of home run if they haven't left that review. And that's an email that is worded as if it comes directly from the business owner. So it really has that personal touch. Um, But I mean, when it comes to timing, that's really important, but there's so many other things you can do to increase the conversion. You know, can you attach a photo of the work you've done? Um, You know, that's a complete game changer for a customer. If if they receive a a request for them to leave a review and they see a photo of the work that's just been done on their conservatory, on their windows, then it's just going to really trigger the feelings and the emotions that they've had from the work that you've done, the, the great service, and it's going to increase and they're going to want to leave that review for you. Yeah, no, totally, man. We find we do a text message right after, like you said, and then into a three email uh, sequence that works like super well for us. Um, we've noticed like conversions going down over the years a little bit. I think people are getting a little bit fatigued maybe with reviews, but we've also found like that just means we need to dig in that much harder with our team and make sure like, Hey, this is a very personalized experience. And we've actually found priming the customer at different um, stages in the life cycle works well. Like even so much as when they call in initially on that initial phone call, we ask in our inbound call script, have you had a chance to see our Google reviews? And like, if no, well, I would highly suggest like you follow, you know, this process on Google to go check out and kind of see what we're all about. So that's like a good one to kind of touch um, base on. And then also like when our crew's at the door on the initial service, it's like, Hey, we want to, we want to really wow you here. And we want to do such a good job that you'd love to leave us a review and also gain a referral from you. And so it's like, it's all like framing is just so huge, I think in, in business. And like, if you just do a good job, which a lot of companies do, um, reviews may trickle in but it you have to be like really intentional with it and and you need to have a process around this so that's kind of what what we're talking about i mean that's yeah i'm really glad you brought it up and i mean this might be a little bit more prevalent in the restaurant industry when i've seen it firsthand as a as a kind of waiter but you know if especially when it comes to not asking for the review quite often you know when a customer's had a really good meal or had a really good experience you know, they're satisfied with that. That's one of the, that's what they wanted to get out of it. They're not always incentivized to go and leave a review. Quite often it's actually when they've had a bad experience, that's when their brain is kind of wired. I need to go and tell as many people about this. So that that's something that kind of came up there, which I think is, is, is a great reasoning for why you really need to ask whether it's yourself, your own process, or you have a system in place. Um, But I love what you said about the framework. I think companies that we've seen who have built a culture amongst their staff when it comes to, you know, really ensuring their staff know the value of what a review can do. And again, you can kind of go into your own company and incentivize staff with monthly, um, you know, how many staff members have got a review in a month, incentivize them with rewards. Um, But as long as your your employees know somehow, and that, like you said, priming the customer for that review, 
then when they do receive that request, it's almost like they've been expecting it. They're not caught off guard. Yeah. Um, so we've seen huge success and this is obviously something outside of our software. So this is something business owners are working out by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just people love helping local companies, especially. So at the end of the job, if you just simply explain to them, Hey, you're going to receive a review, a text message goes a really long way to helping our company. Then you'll be really surprised how many people are willing to help out and how high the conversion rate goes once they start implementing those practices. Yeah, man. So good. You worked in, um, you know, you started from the ground floor with Nice Job and moved up. So I'm curious, what's a holdback on some business owners saying, I already get Google reviews. I have a good process. I don't need more technology and software. What, what would you say to that, to someone having that concern at this point? And maybe there's a good bunch of listeners that are thinking about that right now. Yeah, no, it's a very valid question. I think what it plays into is something which, um, a lot of people and they're not they're not incorrect to think it but a lot of people do think that you know the review is the end game and mm-hmm. you know to a certain extent you know depending on how how you want your business to go if you're if you're running a business and you're scaling it to a point where you want it to stay and you're you're getting a nice stream of reviews coming into google that's great but for those business owners who you know want to maybe scale the business and and maybe get to a point where they're able to take a step back reviews is going to be the most efficient and sustainable way to do so without pouring money into into ads and and the reason i bring this up is when someone says to me hey you know i get reviews on google my next question is well what are you doing with those reviews once you've got them normally there's a pause and 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 what i mean by that is there's so much more you can do with them like i said earlier in the call you know once you've got a review and you don't do anything with it that's so much potential loss because you know not people aren't necessarily always going to google i think it's a very high a very high traffic area when it does come to looking for reviews, but you really want to make sure that your best reviews, the voices of your biggest fans are actually in as many places as possible. So people are normally going to have quite a few touch points before they make a decision. A lot of those touch points are beginning with social media now. So, you know, if I see someone who's inquiring about reviews and they're not pushing their reviews out to their social platform on their Facebook page, Instagram, then that's an area which I highly, highly recommend they get there one way or another. And then, like I said, when it comes down to scaling and actually being able to focus on the work they're doing and and not have to worry about end of the day, get home, cool, which reviews do I want to put on there? Get some software like Nice Job where you can kind of set it so any five-star review comes in, gets pushed to my website, anything below that just stays where it's left. It's a game changer when it comes to adding visibility. Um, You know, sometimes these days, people's buying decisions, they're not just made on Google. They need to see people in forums on pages they need to see more so um yeah depending on what the the business owners motivations are i always encourage them to to look for ways they can they can do more with the review and yeah and of course when it comes down to to the actual software behind it i think we do it the best yeah man social proof is everything um you know you can even take what alistair's saying like you can take your have nice job push it out to your platforms you can also go internally and take the text from your reviews and go on something like Canva and actually like design up your own um, marketing materials too that you own. And then that can easily go to Instagram stories of which you can link, you know, get a quote uh, or read more happy reviews on testimonials. You can take that to posts. You can share that on your Facebook page, on your business of which you could share personally. Um, You could even drop it into a couple neighborhood groups. Like really the 
the sky's the limit with this man. And I think like, yeah, how do we see reviews as more of a catalyst uh, at the front end versus like, cool, I got paid in a review and now, now the relationship is done. So um, yeah, it, it really is a, a feedback loop, isn't it? That's it. And, and then, I mean, the way that the loop, you know, really, really becomes prevalent and effective is, is when reviews spill into referrals. Yeah. So, you know, being able to identify who's left your review, what that review is saying, is it a good review, then opens the door to, well, is this, this is probably going to be someone who's more than willing to refer a friend or family member. So referrals aren't just going to, you know, happen by themselves, really. It, it, they, need to be, they need to be asked. There's going to be some people out there, of course, who get a really great job done on their windows or, or, their, or, their, or, their, or their patio or something like that. And, you know, their neighbor, for example, really needs that service so they know who to recommend but even then it's not always at the forefront of your mind so it comes back down to the the same principle of of that people need to be asked they've got so much going on in their lives so if you're able to really kind of whittle down who's leaving you the best reviews who are your biggest fans that's where you're going to get your most quality and highest converting chances of that person leaving you a referral so it's really you know the customers are, are, are kind of giving you business they're having a great experience they're leaving you a great review for people who are looking for a service like yours but then you know following up from that they're also willing and able just to be if, if, as long as you ask them to actually go and recommend a friend or family member so that really brings it all the way back in and then feeds into your business that yeah. referral in turn leaves another review and and it just keeps going on yeah i'm curious on this man you walked through the the review process and i shared what we do um, we do the referral ask as well, but can you walk through from the software? And I know a lot of our listeners are on the podcast, so just getting it audibly, but how does that process work if job is done? Let's basically say job is done and the crew is marking the job complete. How do we get a referral? Does, is that the same process as the review? Or is that in addition? Just talk us through that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great question. So the the review process and the review campaign is always the first and from that campaign, you're able to kind of preset or predetermine who you want to then spill out into the referrals campaign. So, for example, if someone's going to leave you a really good review, you can then set the automation up so that that person is then entered into another campaign um, of just a message, SMS or email. And that just gives them the idea behind this, opposed to kind of the review um, side of things where it's all about timing, asking them at the peak moment. This one is just making it as easy as possible. So it's really just about sending them a message, thanking them first and foremost for their review um, and uh, for their business. Um, and, and then of course, giving them a really, really easy option just to enter a contact detail, enter someone that they think would, would benefit from the service or needs the service, and then just one or two clicks and it's done. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, I mean, then that's still, that also opens up a whole host of other things you can implement in your business, rewards, um, you know, you can kind of incentivize referrals with, depending on your business, you know, gift cards, send them a little present, send them a gift, plant that seed in their head that just solidifies the experience they've had with them. I've had a great service. I've given a review. They've let me, they've given me a really, really easy option to help out my friends and family with what they need. And now I've received this yeah. box of chocolates or bouquet yeah. of flowers, whatever you want to do, whatever fits in with your customers. So, you know, it not, it's very much two way. It not only feeds back into your business in terms of that flywheel you were talking about, but it also just caps off in terms of the cherry on the cake, just a, a memorable experience. And that customer after going through that is so much more likely to become a recurring customer. Yeah, it's so good, man. You really take 
your clients off the shelf from having and just having one service and then price shopping or getting someone else versus like you really solidify them as like we call them like yeah you guys as well like brand ambassadors right you want to have people that are really raving fans and if you guys haven't read that book definitely read read the raving fans book because it's super good I guess, man, one more concern maybe someone listening might have is like, what if I'm getting off, like what we teach is getting off the truck and there can be some turbulence with that um, for sure. And in hiring staff, any business owner will know that. So let's say there's some nerves, Alistair, around getting off the truck, having my employees do the work. What if they do a crappy job and I'm getting, I'm literally putting the ball in the tee for my customer to leave me a one-star review. So walk us through maybe that fear because it's a very real fear of like business owner traditionally done it all i'm the superman superwoman and now i'm hiring and i'm a little nervous to have software turned on and be exposed to the world to uh you know if we make a mistake we're going to uh have a bad review so talk us through some of that fear yeah and that's something we hear a lot and i think it's a very relevant question especially when you know some business owners might be going for years where they're at the helm of their business on the front line you know always on the truck every day and then you know without even thinking about reviews referrals just that alone as a concept stepping away and having someone else do that work that they've built up over so long can can be really intimidating so i i suppose the way that the way that i kind of approach that topic is the automation itself there's many benefits around it so it's not just a case of this is going on in the background and, and you don't have your finger on the pulse the automation itself depending on the system that you're using can actually really make sure that you have your finger on the pulse that you're able to monitor so for example we have an employee leaderboard system in nice job um, that we've started a fairly recent feature but we've started to see people quite, adopt it quite well and this really allows you to depending on which crm you're using great feature in Jobber is that you can actually have employees themselves close the jobs. So all those jobs are attached to employees. That integration spills over into nice job and allows you to see, you know, each employee's average review rating, specific mm. comments, feedback that they're getting. So you're able to actually specifically monitor how each employee is doing, make them aware of that as well. If you make them aware of that. And like I said, we've seen examples where people have used monthly prizes and, you know, at the end of the month announcing who got the most reviews each month. When your employees are aware that you're kind of tuned into that, it, it really changes the game for them in terms of the actual service that they're giving. And, and, you know, for example, some employees, depending on the industry you're in, and I'm sure you've seen them incredibly good at the work, maybe the people skills aren't there um, in the way that you'd like them to be in the way that you've kind of built your company culture around. So just making them aware to these processes that you have can really change their mentality when it comes to interacting with customers and so forth. But Going back to your question in terms of how you'd approach that and and certain things around it each business owner will have their different pace of stepping away you know it might be a case of going on a few jobs with the technicians um before you step away not just to full rip the band-aid off i'm gone see you later guys i'm i'm, I'm in hawaii right now yeah. um but yeah i i think sometimes it can be intimidating switching on some automation but having that understanding depending on the system you're using that you stepping away just gives you the opportunity to actually really take a step back and actually see the full picture what's going on as opposed to being homed in on one area then it's actually more beneficial in terms of making sure that that process is smooth for your customers no 100 percent. i feel like that's really the real flex is when you own a business and you get a review on your google my business that does not mention your name on it i think like that's like pretty cool i remember the first time that 
happened for me at Revive. Cause like I said, the first 40 I got on my own, didn't have any software, just was out there. And all the reviews were like, Dave's great, Dave, 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 Dave. And then it transitioned the first employee I had with Graham and the reviews are saying Graham and Dave's not there. And, and now it's um, my name's not mentioned. And I'm like, that's, uh, I don't think it's been mentioned for like a year or two. It's uh, pretty, pretty cool. So, um, and then I think two men just for a ninja hack is like, make sure that business owners are replying to reviews as well, I think is good. Cause that makes your brand human. It shows you're active. And if I'm hiring a painting or pressure cleaning company, I'm probably going to like their Facebook or their IG. I'm reading their Google reviews and like, I'm a bit of a nerd for this. So I like reading local companies, uh, you know, one and two star reviews and actually seeing like how they responded to them. Like, man, I would have said that better. Like, man, you nailed that. That was said so well. So can you talk on the importance of um, making your brand human and, and responding and maybe even any ninja hacks on that front? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm really glad you brought up the the topic of negative reviews because that's that's a huge fear factor for and sometimes it can actually disincentivize business owners to ask for a review mm-hmm. um we could speak so much on this but to kind of to kind of give it a high level overview you definitely shouldn't be scared of negative reviews i think it comes back into that whole thing of of what's an opportunity and what's a challenge mm-hmm. and the way i see it anyway i know people have their own opinions on this but i see negative reviews as opportunities it's really important. And again, this plays back into the software and to use nice job as an example, we obviously connect to so many different review sites. If a customer is going onto that review site, I know different review sites might have their own processes for alerting you that a review has been left because nice job is almost that centralized hub, whichever review site you're connected to is a review site that you're going to be offering your customers to leave a review on. So wherever they leave that review, you're going to be notified by text to your phone immediately. So if you do have that one star review come in, it not only gives you the opportunity to reply to it, but it gives you the opportunity to reply to it incredibly quickly. Now, that's an absolute game changer for customers. You know, they're very tuned into the fact that, you know, companies these days, depending on the size, can sometimes take a period of time to get back to them when they do. It's not exactly what they wanted to hear. So it's just a very disheartening process. Mm-hmm. If you're able to not only follow up quickly, but also if you've got to that point in the business, like we've talked about, where you're able to take a step back and have that full picture, you as the business owner could then be way more impactful than maybe having one of your admin staff handle that for you. You can reach out to them directly. You can respond within nice job and it will put the review response on that review site. So I think first of all, it's just, and without going into too much details of the actual, how you structure the reply, because that's a whole different ball game. I think first and foremost, you just have to make sure that you have the opportunity to get in there fast. Mm-hmm. And I think speed making sure that the customer knows they're actually being valued and listened to prioritized can actually turn that. And we've seen this on many occasions can turn that one star review into a four or five star just on the response that you've actually given them. Yeah, man. I don't think consumers, the, the mindset of giving a one star is to drag a business and run them out of business. I think it's more like I didn't have a bad experience. I'm trying to get maybe their attention because maybe they've ghosted me or I feel it's my duty to alert the community that this company actually kind of sucks and I had a bad experience. But generally, I'd say they're not trying to like get your business shut down or or what I, I maybe there's the odd person. But generally, I think nine times out of 10, it's more of a Hey, I'm over here. I'm trying to get some attention and get serviced or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think business owners need to 
need to know that um, is just so important. I got one more kind of devil's advocate for you, Alistair. What would you say? Sometimes business owners are scared to promote their business and they're like, you know what? I would prefer more of an organic approach where Alistair, I just do such a good job that my clients, if they want to leave a review, will let me know. And I'll tell you a quick thing. I was um, in Toronto on the weekend with some buddies and uh, we went to the basketball game and we had some times and um, my one buddy is in sales and like gets a bunch of haircuts. And so he researched like this best place to get a haircut in Toronto is like way overpriced, whatever. I went and I asked and we got chatting because the experience was really good. I was like, oh, do you guys like get get Google reviews? Because that's like where we saw you. And they're like, oh, we asked when we started, but now we don't. And I was like, oh, that's um, I don't even remember what I said to that. But I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. They stopped asking where I'm like, well, even if you want to remain fairly level at your business, you're kind of growing or dying. So like, I feel like you should probably keep asking. But what would you say to someone that would be of that that hairdresser owner of like, hey, or that barbershop owner, like, Hey, like we actually don't need to ask because people will just go organically. How, how would you say that as it pertains to home services? It's a very good point to bring up. Um, the way I would, the way I would say it, and I have to kind of lean on case studies for this and, and, and the data is there to show, um, that, I mean, simply if you don't ask the review count does go down and organically don't get me wrong. Like, when it comes to the weight it can have on your business, it's probably a good way of going about it if you don't have a system in place. Because the reason I say that is you don't want to hinder your service, the service you're providing. You want to make sure that that has your focus. So I've definitely seen cases of businesses where, you know, when they start to ramp up um, the non-organic requests, if you like, just, you know, asking, it can take a lot away from the actual service because they're splitting their focus across the business. So Quite often when I do hear that, it's because the system that they have in place isn't as sustainable or efficient as they would like it to be, in which case in that moment, it probably is better to kind of take a step back from that and make sure you keep your level of service high. But if you have the correct system in place, then it's happening in the background for you. It's designed in a way that it's not harassing your customers. It's 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 suited the way they like to be communicated with. So it's, it's a win-win in that sense. Um, Especially, I, I think a lot a lot's to be said about reviews to be used to market the business. And that's obviously one of the things that we lead with. But I've seen small businesses who aren't as, it's not such a priority to market and grow their business. They're happy with where it is. They want to focus on the actual service that they're providing. So reviews still serve a purpose there, just in the feedback sense. So even just collecting reviews um to actually learn how your service is doing yeah. not necessarily to get these reviews and push them out to as many people and get more business just to actually hear from people that are receiving your service firsthand how you're doing and you know sometimes if you have a customer that might be a recurring customer they might have a have work with you every six to eight months you know they know you they they might not think that they need to keep leaving your review but from your point of view like that's really handy because if your service starts to dip you want to hear it so you can yeah. address that so I would say to those people that organic is great, but there are going to be customers who who fall into that category of feeling like they don't need to go and leave your review. And that's only making you lose out from knowledge that you could be used to actually help not only grow the business for new customers, but sustain the level of quality you're giving your existing customers just by getting that feedback. 
making sure yeah. as we put your fingers on the pulse. Well said, man. I feel like most business owners don't even know the full value of what a stack of Google reviews can do. I keep saying Google because we just, we stress that at my company, but um, I think they don't know like the full benefit that that could have. And there's like, there's a few like key levers, I think in business, and I'll maybe just rattle off five right now that I think if you did these would significantly grow your business. <clears throat> one would be like raise your prices and learn how to sell. That would be one really key takeaway. Two would be get off the truck, which would be finding yourself like a really good hands-on technician or in our case, team of two technicians. That'd be another huge one. Three, I would say get mentorship, whether that's free or paid, doesn't matter. Obviously I'm biased to my coaching program, but figure out someone who's already done what you want to do and get around them and shortcut the timeline. Fourth, I would say, man, there's so many, but fourth, I would say, get a strong office administrator who can actually answer the phone, schedule your crew, even if you only have one crew, do the social media, do the invoicing, check your company email, like a strong office person's amazing and, and ours is incredible. The last thing, Alistair, I would say, get to 100 Google reviews. And if you don't have 100, or if you have 100, get to 250, like try and be the leader of your market. Um, Google's actually changed their homepage now and made this like infinite scroll. So I think there's like 60 listings now on the first. So getting on the first page of Google now, you're you're not really in a special club because there's 60, 60 hits on the page. But I think getting in that map pack, that first three, seeing your stars, um, that goes such a long way to brand credibility and just people um, to, to cause action to call into you. So I think you know, if I'm calling a company and they have like 19 Google reviews, I'm just like, I don't know about that. But if they got 191, I'm like, I got a pretty good feeling about this sushi shop or wherever it is. So, um, yeah, yeah. And it's also the way, and, and this is a topic that can sometimes just go, Shh. um, but it's also the way that Google perceives your business. You know, sometimes Google doesn't even really start taking note of some businesses if they mm -hmm. haven't reached a certain threshold in the review sense. And I think that's another area and of course when it comes to seo for your business you can pump money into ads and all these kind of things but a lot of people do overlook how reviews contribute to seo you know whether they're on your website for example we have some widgets that push your reviews onto your website that creates an active website google scans and reads and crawls those websites so if they see active content and in this case the content is updated reviews then that shows the websites alive and it can actually contribute to the on-page seo and traffic that you're getting to the website. So yeah. yeah, there's so many areas where, where, you know, keep getting reviews have more benefits. If you start to have a lull and you start to kind of take your foot off the gas, it can actually start to degrade so many different areas, whether that's, you know, how active your website is, whether that's how much feedback you're getting to, to put back into the service you're giving um, or your social media content. So yeah, I think reviews, and I can't, really stress this enough and of course as we've mentioned a few times it depends on what their business owners motivations are how much they want to scale but for those business owners that want to grow the business to the point where they can take a step back then you've got to you've got to keep going on it because yeah if, if you don't then someone else will and yeah. you're at risk of losing out to local competition yeah i mean it's become a necessity i think reviews used to push you ahead to like grow the business. I think the day's coming where you need reviews just to maintain the business because yeah. everything's going, you look at what artificial intelligence is doing. It's, it's borderline scary in my opinion. Um, two last questions, man. I'll start with the, uh, the easy one. 
um, you're you're on the the brand. You're pushing the brand ambassador team. I'm I'm a proud member of that, which is amazing. You're you're also on the events planning side of thing at Nice Job. So this this episode will go up in spring of 2023. So tell us as much as you can the next 12 months, like where um where we're gonna see Nice Job at. Maybe some local uh, events coming up. Just give us a bit of a teaser. Yeah, hundred percent. So. The, the biggest one that I'm working towards at the moment is um, huge convention, huge con, nice. I believe is down in Nashville. Yep. Um, yeah. So huge con, we're going to be down at huge con. We're going to have a booth down there. Um, we're actually the official show sponsor as well. So we're going to be out there, you know, leading some, some um, speaking sessions, some breakout sessions. We're going to be collecting reviews for this show um, nice. as well. Um, we're also, I, I mean, most of our events actually come are coming towards the end of the year. It does seem like there's a bit of a dip in the summer. Um, we are looking to potentially go to a few um, QuickBooks Get Connected events, which I think one of which over the summer is taking place in Toronto, one in Vancouver, one in Calgary. So stay posted on that. You'll be able to see any updates um, on our social media pages. Um, and then towards the end of the year, it's going to get very, very busy. So we're looking at shows like Pantheon. Um, we're looking at which is Service Titans event. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot to come. Um, we recently as well, um, had the pleasure of taking part in Jobber summit, which was yeah. a huge success, really good to be involved in that. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to get out there and really educate and speak around topics, which relate to reviews. Um, you know, what, what I always like to say is it's not about us necessarily, you know, going to people and saying, you know, use our software. This is what you need to do. It's about making people tuned in and wired to the fact that they need to have something in place around it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people do look for those solutions, we're confident that that we can kind of deliver on what people are looking for. But I think first and foremost, it's just very important to actually make people aware of what the power of reviews are. Um, Cause I think it's one of those, it's one of those topics where, you know, once you start to dive into it enough, you start to kind of unlock all these different pathways um, whereas when you look at it and take it for face value, as we said early on in the in the podcast, it kind of seems like an end game. Getting that review kind of closes off that customer's life cycle, yeah. which isn't the case. Yeah, man, I don't think the issue is people buying the software. It's more, I like to say, like people don't know, like biz- mostly small business owners, you don't know what you don't know. If you can yeah. just let that sink in for a sec, it's almost like you've been feasting at McDonald's when you haven't tried like a really nice steakhouse. It's just like you don't know there's a better way to do it and something else exists until you're kind of like educated and tuned into it. So um, that's super well said. Um, Crystal ball, this thing for me, man, to wrap up, it's uh, five years in the future. How do you see reviews and referrals changing? Do you see this process continuing uh, as it pertains to home services? Do you see more automation coming? Do you see consumers getting more fatigued? Um, do you, are, are consumers even going to go on Google in five years and start like, what, what do you, I'm very curious that uh, your, your take, cause you're in this space. So what, what do you see, say five-year crystal ball? Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great question. It's, it's something which is constantly, constantly changing. Like that crystal ball is, I think I probably need five different crystal balls all with yeah. their different versions of the next five years. But, um, I'd say maybe the, the, the thing which I would lead with, which I'm fairly confident on is the way that people are consuming information and information related to reviews. I think people are increasingly becoming a lot more visual when it comes to it, which is why I think, as we said earlier, you know, people already have a few different touch points when it comes to searching out reviews, recommendations for a business, social media, Google. I think that's gonna become more prevalent. I think 
Google will definitely still have a huge impact, but I think people aren't just going to, you know, as we said, everyone's kind of going for the same goal, increasing Google reviews. That's going to really flood the market in terms of, well, how do I decide? There's no clear front runner here. So I think going onto social media is going to be where a lot more buying decisions are going to be made. They already are. But I think when it comes to home services, that will increase. Um, and I also think people's attention spans, you know, we've seen TikTok come out. And the reason TikTok has been so successful is because it's short form video content. We saw 10 years ago when YouTube first came out, some YouTube videos were huge and people consumed it, no problem. So I think a combination and be very interested to see, potentially this is something that we'll, we'll be looking into. But if someone can start to move into the space of short form video content, visualization of recommendations and reviews, really short video testimonials, for example, could be something that, that really starts to take hold. So yeah, something we're keeping an eye on, but like you said, it's so hard to predict nowadays. I know. Um, yeah. You want to hear my crystal ball? Maybe it's too crazy. Give it to me. Okay, man. I think this might be more than five years away. I think consumers won't take the time to go in and query and search on Google. I think we're going to have accounts where we actually set up parameters around what we would spend for X service to wash the house, clean windows, clean gutters, whatever. I think there'll be some form of AI automation that can go out and search locally, automatically get quotes, and then literally book the service and be like, hey, I don't know if that's an Alexa thing or what, but you'd literally say, hey, um, Google or hey, whoever, uh, I want to get the exterior and interiors windows cleaned. Um, go shop that for me and tell me the soonest date. And within minutes, you'll be like, I have magic pressure washing can come next Thursday at 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. What do you prefer? And you'll say 1 p.m. because the baby's napping, whatever. Cool. You're booked. You're going to get a text message and that's going to automatically update in your personal calendar like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm way off, but I, I think there will be some future technology that pulls in your reviews and and there's google guaranteed yes but there's still an arduous process and it's it's a very first world but to go on search read reviews do some digging that whole digging process will get automated where we won't have to actually do it that's my crystal ball prediction yeah well i mean to be honest with you if you'd have said that to me maybe what what was it like six months ago i i might have not taken it so seriously but in that time we've obviously seen chat gpt Yes. And that's doing things that I didn't even know were possible for the next what, 10, 20 years. Like yeah. we're talking seconds here, writing novels and things like that. So mm -hmm. that will, like you said, probably, I mean, definitely cater towards the fact that people just want convenience. Yeah. You know, if they can take out that search time, they will. Yeah. And because that just gives back time to other things you can do in life, which you enjoy. No one really enjoys searching for a different window cleaning service to use. They just want to know the yeah. one. And want to want to get the process started. So, yeah. you know what? I uh, I'd, I'd maybe um yeah I'd put your name on that and and maybe <laughs> yeah. start, start we record it. Well, you heard it here first, man. Absolutely. Uh, I guess to wrap up, man. Um, one personal question. I know you're from the UK. Do you support a certain football club? I do. I I, I, I might lose, I might lose a lot of fans on this call, but I'm a uh, I'm a Chelsea boy through and through. Nice, nice. Yeah. How how's they have a younger team this year, right? have a younger team um well i mean over the last couple of seasons we had a, an issue where we had a transfer ban a couple of seasons ago um we couldn't sign any players which was kind of a blessing in disguise because we had, we had to go to the academy 
And we have a really good academy. So we had a lot of these young players come through. Transfer bans now lifted. We yeah. obviously have a lot of money. So we are buying. We're spending a lot. Nice. It's not, the season isn't really going the way we wanted to at the moment, mm -hmm. but it's a combination of the young players and the new players trying to integrate. So I think yeah. it takes some time. But yeah, I'm... I love it. I'm so you're, you're up Saturday and Sunday morning uh, streaming the games. Yeah, that... I, I love that, man. My uncle is in the UK. He loves Tottenham. So we went to a Tottenham-Chelsea game back in the day with Fernando Torres and uh, oh, yeah. the Chelsea won four to two. I still remember it's like um, we we're in the fourth row and um, the home team actually scored. Tottenham scored and someone behind me and I'm like six foot three, like 210 pounds. Someone literally grabbed me from behind, picked me up and like we're celebrating. I'm just like... <laughs> Man, that is, that's how I would define passion is like go to an EPL football game or soccer game, as we say in America. Amazing. Yeah. Tottenham fans typically don't have too much to celebrate. So when they get the chance, they, uh, <laughs> they, they go on it down. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. And Chelsea, man, like I was a central defender growing up and um, man, John Terry was like my hero. Like, I think he's one of the best center backs uh, to, to play the game. So yeah, a lot, lot of respect for, for him, for sure. So. Are you still playing? No, I'm not. I uh, I coached for a bit, uh, and concussions actually pushed me into uh, into business. Funny enough, um, but uh, no, I coached at our local high school, and uh, we're uh, my wife and I are having a, a baby this year, so we'll see uh, how much he takes to uh, soccer. We'll uh, we'll see if it if it catches on. Hopefully, but you never know. See if it's in the genes. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Well, man, let's wrap there. Um, any uh, any closing remarks, I guess, before I ask you, um, we'll let everyone know, guys, in the show notes here on uh, the podcast. As I said, I'm I'm on with Nice Job as a brand ambassador. So you can uh, click our link um, down below to uh, get some savings and check out what the software is all about. But um, Alistair, any uh, any last words, man, to, to close us up uh, looking at this year as a, as a busy home service business owner? Any last pieces of advice? Yeah, I, I suppose closing remarks. Um... And we've had a great conversation. I don't want to put a, a damper on things too much, but obviously it's a it's a quite a difficult time um, in an economic sense at the moment that we're coming through and a lot of uncertainty. And I mean, I know we didn't really mention this, but my my mother back in the UK is a small home service. Well, I suppose she's catering, but she caters to um, private functions. Uh, she works from home and all this kind of thing. So she relies on the business from the local community. And I think that's something which when you go through these difficult times as we're kind of approaching, that's, that's, that's the things which really keep businesses floating. So, you know, whether or not you have a system in place, I suppose, just be conscious of the power of, of what your customers' voices can do for the business. Um, you know, like we said, so many other things we've touched on, don't be afraid to ask for a review. Um, it, it can go such a long way and you'd be surprised how many people are willing to support your local business as well um and then yeah closing remarks as well i suppose there's probably a lot of questions that have come out of this there's there's areas which we could have dived so much deeper into um so yeah don't be don't be afraid to reach out for questions we've got heaps of resources and educational material whether or not you want to use a system like ours or not we're more than happy to to help kind of guide what best suits for you so yeah don't hesitate to reach out and as dave said the best way to do that is is through the link provided with the video Totally. So good, man. Uh, you guys have a pretty bump in Facebook group too, guys. I'll, I'll link that up too. It'd be good to get involved in the discussion there on Facebook because you guys got some good threads going there for sure. 100%.
Amazing, Alistair. Well, thank you so much for uh, your time. We'll do this again. And uh, I'm sure it uh, shed some good light on everyone as we go into a, a, a potential different kind of year this year when it comes to reviews and referrals and how important those are. So thank you so much, man, for dropping gold nuggets and stopping by and we'll be sure to do it again soon and uh, go Chelsea. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Go Chelsea. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.